I want to tell you about the deeds of dating. The deeds of dating goes something like this. Men are dumb and women are devious. It's true. I learned this actually in high school and I have seen it maintained and carried out with the rest of my life. See, back in high school, I was so dumb and clueless to this woman that liked me that she had to become devious to kind of woo and pursue me. This was the scenario. I was involved with this church, uh, not church club, but a, a school club called AFS. Um, it was something to do with international students. And there was a group of us that hung out and did everything together. And there was this one gal that I also knew from church. And she was involved both in our Pilgrim Fellowship, our church youth group, and AFS. Well, I didn't know that she liked me. We were just, you know, one of many in this kind of group that hung out all the time. Well, Footloose was coming out. Yes, I know I'm dating myself, okay? But this movie was coming out, and I'm like, hey, we should all go see Footloose. And the whole group said, yeah, that would be great. And of course, me being the nice guy, the clueless guy, the typical male, dumb man that I was, made a night, got the car, I was all set to go pick up everyone. Well, I picked up this gal, this girl, this woman first, okay? I went to Teresa's house and I picked her up and I said, okay, let's go get Mary and Ted. She says, well, we have other plans. I said, okay. So we drive and I said, let's go get Fred. No, Fred can't make it tonight. He's got to babysit his younger brother. So I'm like, all right, you know, well, let, let's go get Sandy. No, Sandy, Sandy can't do it either. She, I'm like, oh, so it's just the two of us? She said, yeah. I'm like, okay. All right, that's fine, you know. So we go see the movie Footloose. Now, for those that have not seen the movie Footloose, it is not your typical guy go to flick movie, all right? It is a romance. It is a wonderful kind of first date movie. And I found myself at the movies in high school with this woman that apparently liked me, which I didn't know at the time, and I get caught up into the wonderful passion of the movie. And the movie ends. And of course, I'm dumb. I'm clueless. And I'm like, what do I do with a woman after this wonderful romantic movie? I know what I would do if I was hanging out with my guys. We'd probably go play some video games or go find some you know, soda pop or get an ice cream or whatever. So of course, being the smart with it guy that I am, I said, so, you want to play some video games? And she said, well, I kind of had something else in mind. And I said, you do? Like, what is that? Well, I thought maybe you could stop somewhere before you take me home. And I have to tell you, I was clueless. Dumber than dirt, you know. I'm like, huh? And she actually kind of had to tell me, let's pull over and stop. And, you know, we made out and then I took her home and... I wish I could tell you that was my first and only awkward experience. But I found that men are really dumb and women are devious. And I found that this happens a lot. And it's partly because I think us guys are a little fearful of committing and getting ourselves out there. And the women realize that they got to kind of take leadership in the role and kind of got to somehow instigate in in get networking into the guy's sphere of influence or recognition 
So that's why they default into being devious. Now, these are not true things about dating. These are incidentals that happen, but they are part of relating. As men and women, we're going to actually move it up a notch. The first week, if you were tracking with us, okay, we looked at that in the foundation of relationships, and that's the foundation is built on friendship. And we talked about whether we are friendship worthy and or we're friendship faulty. But the reality is that we all need friendships to be better people. And then two weeks ago, we looked at the second installment of relational DNA, and we talked about moving it from friendship to relationship. And we really looked at how a relationship builds and deepens over time, and how one, again, can be relationship-worthy or relationship-faulty, but we need to take the risk and enter into a relationship and be open and honest as we talk about that, and be able to respect the opposite sex and hopefully lead towards mating and not just dating and hanging out with a group, but actually focusing in on one person and being able to woo or court or lead to something further, whether it's engagement or marriage. That's something that we're actually going to now talk about. We're going to move it to the next level. If we went from friendship to a relationship, we're going to actually look at... Can I say it? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Commitment, okay? We're going to look at commitment. We're going to look at courtship. We're going to talk about that tonight. It, it, it can be kind of uncomfortable for some of us. It can be a little threatening, but I have great news. We're going to do something that we really have not done, even though I said it. I said, you know what? As we talk about relationships, let's make it more of a conversation. I even sat down on the stool to kind of make it seem like we were at Starbucks sharing a cup of coffee and just kind of talking with one another. But... One thing that I realized as I drove home these last couple of Thursday nights is I did most of the talking. And you were kind of silent out there. Now, the good news is a lot of you have been talking on your own after these nights, and you've been emailing and dialoguing with each other. You've been kind of carrying on the conversation. But I thought it would be great tonight to make it be more of a back-and-forth conversation. And the first way to do that, actually, is there's an index card on your seats. And I want you to just take that card for a minute and write on that card one question that you have regarding relationships, okay? What's the one question that you want to have answered, addressed, or talked about that has yet to be discussed? Take a moment, write that down, okay? We're going to address that later on. Now, the good news is if you don't have a pen or a pencil and you can't find it or you're not sure what your question is, you can take the rest of tonight to write it down because we're going to have that. Now, the other one is, you may say, well, you know what, I'm not really a, a write-it-down type of person. I want to actually speak my mind. I want to talk it out. I want to ask my question publicly. Well, we're going to look at this whole courtship, this commitment, where relationship DNA is sealed in commitment through the lens of gender. We're actually going to have a time tonight. We're going to break up the men and have a discussion where we are guys together talking about the heart of relationships. And we're going to break up the women, the ladies, and let the gals go downstairs and talk openly and amongst themselves. And one of the reasons why we're going to do that is we want to be able to have some questions answered. For example, what are women's or men's concerns regarding dating in a lifelong committed relationship? We think it will be fruitful to have that discussion when we're apart from the opposite sex. Another question, what are women looking for in a mate? And what are men looking for? And you know what? Maybe we can have that 
discussion amongst ourselves, guys, and we can share our results with the women. And ladies, maybe you can come up with a list of what you're looking for and you can clue us in, because remember, guys are kind of slow, you know, a little dumb, delayed, okay. All right. How does one date? How does one keep the relationship moving forward when wants to? How does one end the relationship when the future looks doubtful? When it looks good, the relationship is healthy and moving forward, how can I commit and keep my commitment? Do those all sound like good questions that we'd like to discuss tonight? I hope so, because that's what we're going to do. And we're going to be able to do it safely as we're apart tonight. We're going to be radical and have a time for that. Now, to get us going, I kind of want to set up a couple of guidelines. All right, guidelines, some people follow guidelines, some don't. I want to actually set up some rules for relationships in fire. Can I do that? Can I just say, let's just get out there and get out in the open and say, if I'm going to be a member of this community, I'm going to commit to the following rules. Okay? Rule number one, seek God first. Okay? Rule number two, be true to yourself. And rule number three, be friends. I know these may be obvious or they may be reviewed for you, but let's just take a moment because I actually think these are the first three things that go when you start to consider dating someone or you get all caught up into the relationship. Because what happens is that you start focusing on the opposite sex and you start to anticipate what that will be like as a relationship, you lose your quiet time with the Lord. All of a sudden you find yourself being pulled away from God and you find yourself attracted, magnetized, and ready to be pulled in a different direction and your relationship with God is deeply hindered. And the other thing that happens sometimes is you're in a relationship, things are going well, and you start to feel a little insecure, you're not certain how you should proceed, so you start to change because you want to be the mate, the person that you're dating wants in a relationship. Ironically though, what happens is when you lose the truth of yourself, you're being someone that you're really not, that is not the person that that person was attracted to in the first place. Now if that's not a tongue twister, I don't know what is. Let me just kind of back that up and slow that down for a second, okay? When we lose the focus of being true to ourselves in a relationship, we become someone that we're not comfortable in, comfortable being, and the other person now doesn't know who he or she is dating because not the person they originally said yes to or started to go out. And now you have two people spinning off each other because they're not being true to each other and they're kind of bouncing off and they're kind of repelling each other and they don't know why. So you've got to be honest with who you are and allow that to become. And then the third one is friends. What happens oftentimes is people get into a relationship and they kind of settle in. It becomes routine. It's Saturday night. Let's go to dinner, catch a movie. I'll drive you home. You take each other for granted. You forget the value of your friendship before you even dated. If your friendship was your foundation, that should be something that you maintain through your relationship and be able to fall back on so you know what makes you laugh and what encourages you. You know how to cry with each other, how to care for each other when you're going through difficulties. You don't want to lose that. Now, I know it seems pretty straightforward. we got those three keys to dating. 
but I just didn't want us to continue on unless we address those. And there's a couple other things that I'd like to talk about. Slow down. If you find yourself attracted to someone and you actually are a guy and you ask the woman out and the woman says yes and you're actually in the relationship and things are really looking good and it's great and you've had two dates and you're ready to marry the woman and you're ready to propose to her, whoa! Slow down. I have to say I've seen this happen. And I've seen it happen more than once. Okay? It's like autopilot. I got the gal. We're ready to go to the wedding gate. It's not a race. Relax. Relate to each other. Take four seasons or 12 months. And here's why. A lot happens in a year. You get to see how someone reacts in different situations. Let's just talk environmental first. Someone might have a seasonal disorder. They might not like the winter months. You laugh. It's true. I've seen it. People get depressed for like three, four months out of the year. I don't know why. I'm a skier. I love it. You know, I like go up in the wintertime. I'm like ready to go out there every day. But other people are like, I want to go to Florida. I want to hibernate. I want to go away from New England. So you get to see someone how they affect by environmental. Another stressor is job. Is someone... Uh, doing well in their job and they get a promotion and all of a sudden they think I'm great or things aren't going so well in the workplace and they lose their job, how do they handle that transition? You get to see them. Where if you only date for a couple of months and you propose and you're getting ready to be married, you don't get to see how those life situations happen. And then loss or transition. Sometimes a family member gets sick or is going through difficulty or perhaps even passes away. You get to be there with the person that you care about and see how he or she deals with that. And those are the things that will either draw you closer together or can help you make a decision to end the relationship. That kind of leads me to the next point. I want you to know that it is better to end the relationship than go through the motions and maintain it. Let me say that again. It's better to end the relationship that's not healthy, that's not building, that's not growing, that's not going forward and end the relationship than to go through the motions. And i got to tell you, again, I'm a guy, as I shared earlier about the deeds of dating, I was a little clueless. I dated this woman for a while. We were friends before we dated. I really valued the friendship. I saw it going nowhere. And I did not want to hurt her feelings and I knew it had to end, but I also did not want to have the Difficult discussion. So we continued the date. And it got more and more kind of anxious for me. And I knew as we got closer and closer to going out, I'm like, something has to change. And then the night would end and another date would happen. And finally I said, I've got to be true to myself. And I remember talking to her and, and it got really ugly. I said, what would happen if we break up? She said, I don't know, but I think I'd commit suicide or something. I, I know I would never talk to you again. Now I swallow hard. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to break up with her tonight. I'm going to give it a couple more dates. I needed her to prepare for this. And it was hard. But I'll be honest. It was a one-sided relationship. She was getting everything she wanted and I was feeling less and less like a man. And I needed to get out. And I did the worst thing. I perpetuated it. I needed to end it and have us both grieve the relationship, heal and deal, and then move on. So believe me, if you're in a relationship and it's not going anywhere, it's better to end it than to maintain it 
and keep it going, okay? Um, and then the last one here that I want to just talk about is to continue to be part of the fire community. And this is really something that the leadership team has been talking about, the fire squad especially. If you're in fire, and it doesn't matter what your status is, if you're single, you're dating, you're engaged, or you're married, we would love for you to always stay in our community if this is what you call home. Because people, if you see you start to date and it progresses and then it gets serious, we can be there to encourage you. And we can be praying for you and we can champion your relationship. And as your relationship builds, you can model for us what a healthy relationship looks like. And unfortunately, if the relationship doesn't last and you break up, the men can come around the guy and the woman can seek the other ladies around here, and we can heal and comfort and care for each other. But if all of a sudden we just kind of get a date and we move out of the group, we don't know what's going on in that relationship. And more importantly, you haven't had the courage or the encouragement and support of the community. So if you get married, we'd love to live up to what our vision is and have this be a young adult group of both singles and married. And that's something that we've had in the past and I'd love to see continue in the future because it makes it not be a singles group. And that's just the last comment. We're a young adult group, not a singles group. It is not our mission to get you married. All right, in case you didn't hear that or read that, we're not here to get you married. I'm going to be so bold right now, I'm going to tell you what we're here for. We're here to have you have an encounter with God and allow God to come into your life and allow Him to empower you with the Holy Spirit so you can go out and change the world. That's it. Alright? Now that we got that out in the open, we can actually talk about tonight's topic. Are you ready for tonight? If you haven't had time, got index cards, write a question about relationships. Now, let's kind of move on here. We're going to move on to talking about the next level. Some might say the most challenging level, the level of courtship or commitment. Guys, I'm going to talk to you first. Are you man enough to commit if you're in the right relationship? And women, if the right relationship is there for you, are you willing to commit to the next level? I feel like I'm like in a reality television show, you know? Like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. We're not. This is reality. This is what we're going to talk about. Okay? So we're going to see if we are commitment Worthy or commitment faulty? Are you commitment worthy? In other words, you are going to date for mating to have a relationship that will last a lifetime. That's really what commitment worthy means. And it begins with three parts. The first one is you are commitment worthy when you commit your life fully to God. Now, I have a couple of scriptures there. I'm not going to read those tonight. I'm going to let you read those on your own. But what I want to do is kind of just give a couple quick examples so that we can get to our guys-only time and talk brother to brother. And the ladies can go downstairs to the chapel and talk sister to sister. But just talking about being fully devoted to God is different than showing up to church a couple of times a week or reading your Bible once in a while. Fully devoted to God means that you are preparing for eternity now and you're ready to live your life however God calls you to. No matter what he says, you're going to do it. And you're going to look to bring him glory in everything you do. You want to bring him honor. You want to allow him to smile down at you and say, well done, faithful servant. 
That's being fully devoted to God. And then the second point here is, are you fully devoted to your friends? You are commitment worthy when you are fully devoted to your friends. This means that no matter what your friends go through, you're there. No matter what they say about you, you will stick up for them. No matter what is being discussed, you will champion your friendship. It means that if you're single, you're valued friends. If you start to date, you're still a valued friend. If you're married, you're still a valued friend because you're devoted to one another. The friendship may take a little different change. If someone moves away, it doesn't mean that distance will break your friendship apart. That means the friendship was not based on solid devotion to one another. You want to be able to be commitment worthy by having devoted friends. And then the last one here. As your relationship moves from the friendship stage to the relationship stage, and you're really relating well to each other, you've gotten to know each other's friends, each other's family, it's really working, and you see that God is blessing you as you get together, and you realize that the differences that you have are not differences that are breaking you apart, but they're actually opportunities to discuss and draw closer together, means are you ready to go to the next step? You're commitment worthy when you realize that you're no longer going to be dating casually, but you're going to put intentionality in the relationship, which means you're going to pursue that one person and only that person as long and as hard as it takes to lead to the wedding to get married, okay? Now, some of the cautions that we need to talk about are commitment faulty. So oftentimes, we find ourselves not ready for commitment because we don't have a foundation behind us. Perhaps it's something to do with your indecisiveness. Your commitment faulty when you're indecisive. You can't make up your mind. I find that this actually happens a lot in a young adult group like FIRE. It can happen when it's specifically to dating, but it can also happen with your work. It can happen with your education. It can happen with your roommates. And it goes something like this. Let's look at educational goals. Maybe you went to undergrad and you're now trying to figure out if you should go to grad school. And you're like, okay, I want to go to grad school. I think an advanced education would be helpful. I'm not really sure how to pursue that. Well, I know other people have done it, so that gives me confidence to try. But, you know, I got this really good job. It's a comfortable job. I can probably get a promotion in my workplace. Going back to school would be really difficult. I'm not really sure I want to do that. So you kind of find yourself not committing. And you're waffling back and forth. And you have a lot of indecisive thoughts. And you're really not sure with how God is leading your life. And it happens in relationships or the possibility of relationships. Here's how it happens in young adult groups. Man, I like that guy. That guy is hot. I hope he asks me out. Two weeks later, ooh, that guy's hot. I hope he asks me out. And you don't even remember the first guy. And it happens with the guys too. It's like, you know, I'm going to ask her out, but you know, I'm not really going to commit with her. I'm going to maybe have a secret date off the side. Hopefully no one will see us go out because there might be someone better that comes along. And I want to keep my options open. I'm sorry, but God does not honor indecision. And our hearts can be broken. So we want to guard and value each other. The second one here is, your past is inconsistent. If you have no consistency in your past, 
For example, you have a lot of jobs that you've had. You've kept them for short periods of time. You've had a lot of roommates and you find yourself out of a roommate situation again and you're trying to find a place to live or you find yourself being bumped from one relative to another. It might mean that you're not ready to make commitment in your life and you need to take a self-examination and how can I actually make some commitments and stick with them. For example, you might be someone that comes to fire once a month or once a quarter. It could mean I'm going to commit to fire, commit to a life community for the next year. Or you might say, boy, that's too long. I can't do that. All right, I'm going to commit to fire for six months. Or you might say, I'm going to commit to a service opportunity. I'm going to commit to soul food, the homeless ministry, doing that 12 times this year on the fourth Saturday of the month. And as I develop one area in my life, one successful place where I can trust that I know I will follow through, you know what happens? You start to get other commitments in your life. And you start to find that you actually can have confidence and you can continue in one direction and keep going. And other people will come alongside and strengthen that commitment and encourage it and empower you and also help the rest of your life. And that's really what we want to do is have a community where we do that. So don't find yourself trapped in your past, but actually see liberation by making one change, by making a simple commitment to something and allowing others to strengthen and encourage you and or hold you accountable to that commitment. And then the last one here. You are commitment faulty when your life is rooted in fantasy. I think this is the biggest challenge of modern people, of young adults in their 20s and 30s today, is fantasy. I think it gets played out all over the landscape. In fact, one of the fire nights I got home, I, I caught uh, one episode of ER, and it was interesting. There was a resident in ER and his parents came to visit. And the resident is introducing his parents to one of the nurses. And he's introducing it like, this is his significant other. And the nurse is like, who are you? And what are you doing? And like, yuck! You know, and like left him. Okay? This guy had a huge fantasy of a relationship with this nurse to the point that he projected it and told that his parents that he was dating this nurse. I have something to tell you. If you have had a fantasy of a person that you're not dating, you have no right to date that person. Because I don't care how good you are as the person being pursued, you will never be able to live up to that person's fantasy. We need to live in reality. And reality means I will not make another person an object. I will not fantasize lust or in the privacy of my own time masturbate over another human being. I will be true to God as He wants my body to be a temple to His. And I will not lust. I will not be able to disregard another one of God's creatures, another human being. Instead, I will have thoughts that will be worthy to be publicly viewed. I had a great guy in one of my men's group who said, could you imagine that as we enter in to a church, it was like entering into the airport and you went through this kind of radiation screen and as you walked in, all your thoughts for the week would be projected on the big screen in the sanctuary. 
Wow. Talk about eradicating fantasies. But you know, it's not just an issue guys wrestle with. Women do too. The question is, what are we as men and women of God going to do with it? Because it does make us commitment faulty. It will erode the opportunity to be real with someone. So now you're probably saying, wow, JT, you really dropped the bomb on us about the commitment. How can we possibly live up to this? Because we're human and we struggle. I have had fantasies or lust, or I'm having them now. How can I possibly do that? Or I've tried to make commitments in the past, and I'm not able to get there. How can I be a man or a woman ready for a significant relationship? That's what we're going to talk about apart. I want to be able to have an honest discussion where the men are talking with the brothers and the women are talking with the sisters and we can actually take this to the next step level. And then we're going to come back after you've had a chance to talk with each other. We're going to come back as one large group. We're going to share some things that each group talked about so the other side can hear and process that. We're going to be able to have a couple closing comments and sing one last song. So with that, what I'd love for us right now is all the women... To take your index card, take your stuff, go down to the chapel. Mary Soup, my wife, and Heather Macy and Sarah Dickey are going to facilitate your time, and they're going to be down there in the chapel to meet with you. And for us guys, uh, we're going to have a chance to be together, and I've asked Cliff and Matt to kind of facilitate with me, okay? So we'll let the ladies have a chance to get out. Um, some of you may know Mary Soup, my wife, some may not, so I thought it would be good to introduce you. The reason why you never see her is she works on Thursday nights, um, and it's kind of we're both out of the home on Thursday nights, but I begged and pleaded and said, could you get off work early and join us for this? Um, and I just wanted to ask you a couple questions. Okay. Okay. You got married over in life. Yes. What were your thoughts before I started dating you? I think it's once we started dating that I finally... Even before I pursued you? Um, you know, finally wanting what the Lord wanted for me. I was telling the ladies this earlier that I had to come to the place in my life where the Lord's will was um, better than anything I could plan or want or desire. So I just had to trust that that was true. If he wanted me married, he was going to have to get me married. And if he wanted me to stay single... <clears throat> then I was just going to have to, um, not just going to have to, but I was going to know that that was okay. And, and that was going to be okay. So, um, so you pretty much, based on what I recollect, um, you were kind of thinking you were going to be single the rest of your life. Um, I never gave up hope. There was always hope. Always hope. Always. Good. Now go on with what, how you were going to answer. I start showing up on the scene. <laughs> well, okay. Here we go. He, um, I didn't quite, um, you know, so often in the group that we were in prior to, I was telling the ladies that a lot of the similarities still exist, that there's a lot of group stuff going on, but there wasn't a lot of pursuing. And I just kind of got used to that, you know, being around a lot of guys and nothing was really happening and I'm getting really bored and I'm looking at my watch thinking, you know, I'm getting older and older and there's nobody here and yada, yada, yada. So finally this man out of the blue starts calling me and I took a long time before I finally realized that he actually was interested. Um, and the role reversed. She was being dumb and delayed because I was being pretty direct, okay? <laughs> and I've got to tell you guys that I 
love that. When I finally like connected the dots that he's actually pursuing me, I'm like, what does pursue mean? I don't even remember because it's been so long since I've been pursued. Um, but he was pursuing me, and it was refreshing and wonderful, and I didn't have to second guess, and I didn't have to like jump up and down and get some of his attention. I didn't have to jump through hoops. Um, and really, here's how it works. It's interesting. We were friends for five years before I actually started to pray in her direction and have my men's group actually pray and encourage me to ask her out. What's interesting is every time I talked to Mary, going back to the very first time I met her, I would remember the significant conversations that we had. Mary, however, didn't always remember those, so our, her favorite song for me is, You're Forgettable, That's What You Are. That was our wedding song. We danced. Um, but on, on the, the truth is, as I started to pursue her, I found out when her birthday was, and I sent her a birthday card. I found out when she was going to be away with a group, and I just kind of mentioned to people with her to say that I said hi. And, you know, I, I started to try and get in her circle in a non-threatening way, even though we were already in a group. We were in a group that was hanging out together. And then I started, like Mary said, I, I was calling her a little bit more, and I found out why she was missing sometimes, because she was at grad school, and studies were really difficult. But I remember the, the Saturday conversation. I was living with a guy in Arlington. We were good friends out of basic. And we were renting an apartment. And I was talking to you in the morning. And, you know, I just came out with that formal ask. I'm like, I'd like to take you out for a cup of coffee before the Sunday night service. And there was this, oh, on the other side. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, a date? I want to go out with you for a cup of coffee. And she found that just so exciting. And then when the coffee was over, I said, I'd like to have a a dinner with you, can we get together and go out to dinner the following week? And one thing that she really, really enjoyed about that was I was very direct. As I share with the guys, I had to learn that. And one of the things that us men have to work on is rejecting passivity and accepting responsibility, accepting the courage that we can be more bold. And at the same point, women have to be a little more accepting and a little more allowance in there that if a guy asks you out, you can say yes and try out the date. If it doesn't work out, end on a peaceful way. At least you got some free food, okay? <laughs> no, I'm being totally honest that what happens is people have lists. Eat for coffee. People have lists and we think there's only one person on that. And both Mary and I have a very good circle of friends that have had this list mentality. In fact, there are a couple of people we both could think of where there's a person that had this one person and they pined away for that individual for like five, six, seven, eight years and they never got together, but the clock kept ticking. But there are other people interested and kept trying to pursue, but they weren't on the list, they weren't on the radar screen. And one of the things we talked about as guys is if someone recommends someone to you, you should really pray about that and consider that as a good opportunity. I think that's really where Mary and I came together. I, I think I was not the number one guy on Mary's list. Okay? It's, no, it's, it's not that he wasn't. It, he was neither here nor there. I just, I'm forgettable. <laughs> had, had JT not pursued me, I wouldn't have paid any attention, quite frankly. And it's... It's not a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, you're a wonderfully attractive person. You are an incredibly godly man. He's a fabulous husband, and I have to tell you that, and, a, and the most spectacular father to our children. Um, but it was his turning my head after a couple of, you know, 
phone conversations or touch base or connections that that got me finally to say, this guy's for real. He's serious. And I'm, I'm going to now invest emotional energy because if I just turn my head, I was tired of turning my head for no reason. And so that, that's great. You gave me a reason. As we end our relational DNA series, you may still have questions. You may still have some unresolved areas of your life. Maybe this will be the start of addressing those. Perhaps you want to address it with another brother if you're a guy or a sister if you're a woman. But I encourage you not to go any further in your life unless you take a step further in your commitment with Christ. May this be the start that you will first and foremost become fully devoted to God and you will deepen your relationships with your friends so that your friends can be wise counsel. They can support and encourage you They can be there if you enter into a relationship or you remain single because that's what friends are for, to be there with you through thick and thin. And then, if God allows you to enter into a relationship, if you're the man, do it with courage. Do it with a smile on your face and do it with guys guarding your back. And if you're a woman and you're looking forward to a relationship, do it with a smile on your face with women by your side to encourage you, stand by you, and know that if it leads to a romantic pursuit, to engagement, to marriage, then let's all celebrate that. Let's encourage that. If it doesn't, let's allow that to be part of the learning and growth process where we've discovered and learned more about each other and we can really maintain those deep friendships that we had before we even entered in. Because some of you may remain single. Some of you may get married and some may get married and get divorced. What we read out of Luke in Jesus' account, when we enter into the kingdom with God forever after this world passes away, we will neither be married or given in marriage. We will be the bride of Christ. And that is our eternal perspective that we want to hold on to. So with that, let's close in a song and then let you uh, enjoy the rest of the night. You guys can um, either just stay seated or stand, um, however.